Welcome to the Hustle Sanctuary. Our guest today is Zach Pucktel. Hello, hello, Zach. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me on the Hustle Sanctuary. Grateful to have you on, brother. I can't tell if I'm supposed to hurry up or slow down. Both. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how much credit we give you. <laughs> nice. You're a wizard. Um, so you know, you mentioned you mentioned that you know um, you're stopping by here. Speaking of the Hustle Sanctuary, uh, this is episode three. Thanks to everybody for tuning back in. Um, you talked about you're on the way to a shoot, or what are you on the way to? Uh, we're going into the valley, actually. Uh, me and my lover, life partner, Julia Price, uh, are going to the valley in order to record uh, one of our newest originals called Wake Up. And so we're, we're literally living the hustle. We're coming into uh, Hollywood and recording the podcast here, and then we're going up there, and we're making music there. And I got a meeting tonight, so it's actually very appropriate that the Hustle Sanctuary <laughs> is kind of the stop here. It, it just makes total sense. Talk to us about, you know, when when did you first really start hustling and, and sort of going after things and, you know? Yeah, so I think for, um, you know, I used to be a professional athlete uh, in my younger years. I went to Harvard for school and then I played some pro basketball overseas. And I think I was really in my hustle mode naturally in those years. Uh, but for a while, I think I've been existing, uh, or after that, more in the sanctuary mode of things, uh, much more in the relaxing, meditative, finding the inner Zen place. And only in the last couple of years here in, uh, in LA have I found that, that great balance of Zen and meditation and also getting things done. Mm. Um, and that's kind of the trick for me is how do I stay calm and in that inner peace place uh, while getting things done. Well, you, you put up, you put the question out there and not put the answer out there. How do, <laughs> how do you stay calm? <laughs> so, so for me, I think it's a matter of doing things that uh, I'm aligned with and doing things that I can naturally throw my heart into. For example, I, I work for an organization called Beautify Earth. Uh, you can check us out at beautifyearth.org. Uh, we paint the world in color. And when I'm doing projects for Beautify, um, it doesn't feel like I'm working. Mm. It feels like I'm playing and I'm creating beauty and I'm aligning with other people and I'm working with other people who are just doing the same thing. So we'll get together and we can have coffee or we can be having breakfast. It doesn't matter. Hanging out and all of a sudden it's like, hey, here's a wall. Let's paint it. What do you see on the wall? Well, I see this. You see this. And it's just like a comparing a vision as opposed to uh, like sitting down and being like, this is work, which never worked for me. Yeah. The whole like nine to five thing always made my brain rattle. Uh, and now I'm finding the balance of like, I can be social and be friendly and just have fun and create uh, value as I go. So that's that's kind of how I'm, I'm working it out. Very cool. And and that's another theme, I think, on the first couple of episodes is like working, you know, as an entrepreneur or artist, it's easy sometimes writers, right? They're locked in a room and they're creating on their own, right? So like, talk for a minute about creating on your own versus creating with a team, right? Because I feel like you've probably done sure. both. What's, right? so. what's the phrase? They say, if, <clears throat> if you want to go quickly, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others. Yes. That yeah. Sort of African proverb, actually. Is it African? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I just, good, yeah I've, I've been living that one for a minute. It's really good. So, um, you know, I wrote a book in three weeks. Wow. So I kind of live that. Like, I work very quickly yeah. on my own. And in the same token, you know, I forgot some pretty basic steps when it came to my book and like the whole marketing thing that goes behind it. I was like, I just want to write a book. And I went and I wrote a book. Hmm. Um, so I think the next one I'm going to write, 
I'll probably go slower. I'll probably get a team behind me doing marketing, do that whole thing. And so I, in everything I do, uh, I find that the more people I can do it with, yeah. uh, the more quality we produce, the more fun The more we have, fun it is, yeah. And, and the less like work it seems. So, yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm totally like really learning that uh, in, my, in my space right now. That's awesome. Another thing, you know, we've been talking about in the first couple episodes is like, um, is blessing in disguise, right? So like, that's always an interesting thing, I think. So what have you... Mm. Um, what what's what's the first thing that pops to mind? Uh, blessing in disguise, I'd, I'd say everything. You know, I'm, I'm a big, and we've talked about this before, but I'm a, I'm a huge believer that everything is connected, uh, and synchronicity is basically a phenomenon where we have a choice and um, how we look at life. Uh, it's either everything's a coincidence and it just happens to be, or everything's connected. It's like Einstein said: either everything is a miracle or nothing is. Yeah. There's really no in between. Um, and there's no right or wrong. Uh, and I believe that everything is a miracle, mm. um, and everything is, uh, meant to be and is connected and is very synchronistic in all of its happenings. Um, so along those lines, like a blessing in disguise is really everything, hmm. uh, you know, and anything, especially like the hard times. And this is a great reminder for me right now. Um, whenever there's, whenever there's conflict, whenever there's something that, that seems as though, you, you want to run from it whenever I can sit in something and go, why is, why is this so hard to deal with and actually take a moment at, at it and be, be responsible with it um, as opposed to being reactive and running away from it. I usually can find some sort of blessing, some sort of lesson within that. Well, let's go with the specific, if you don't mind like, like let's say you were, you know, you're supposed to have a job interview. It got canceled. You went to got to get coffee instead and you met like the love of your life. <laughs> Or something like yeah. That. So we were walking by uh, a curb stand thing the other day. It's just the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. And uh, I had a good friend who worked there, and and a couple of years ago I was looking for a job. And curb stand, they're a valet service, yep. and they're all over LA and the world. And I was negotiating t- towards some like sales position, and I was kind of like a little desperate at the time and trying to get it. And like I had a buddy, and I thought it was in the bag, and I thought it was, I thought it was money, and. And he ended up like giving it to another guy. And I was like, oh, what the fuck? Like, oh, can I, can I see a fuck on you? Okay. And I was like, what the fuck? And, and, uh, and he did me for this simple sales job. And I'm like, I'm a Harvard grad. Like, what is this? Like, how could he not fire me? And I got all upset. And, and just the other day, we were walking by a curb stand thing on our way to visit our buddy who works at the Lego Palace in, in Hollywood. And, uh, and I just recognized how that was like the biggest blessing ever mm. that he didn't hire me mm. because it led me to where I am now of, of beautifying and creating and in this space that I, I, I feel um, better than I've ever felt. Love it. Yeah. Love it. So you wanted to bunt and you ended up hitting a home run instead. Exactly. It was yeah. like, yeah. the yeah. universe is like, you're not allowed <laughs> to bunt, dude. You're not like, allowed to bunt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Swing. <laughs> Swing powder. No, that's true. That's true. And and I wonder if you, you know, for me personally, like as an entrepreneur trying to create a bunch of different shit, I feel like I can get caught in my head and you know, there's that saying analysis paralysis. You ever mm. heard of that? Has that ever, has my that ever, tr- basketball coach used to say that to me. There you go. Yeah. Has that shown up in, in your life? And you know, if so, how? Analysis <sighs> Paralysis. So it's paralysis by analysis. You yes. think too much about something. Yes. And literally on the basketball court, if you think about something for too long, you're done. 
Yeah. There's no thinking. There's just doing. Yeah. Right. And I think in life, a lot of times we get so caught up in the, well, what is this going to mean? And what is this going to look like? And what's the consequence? And, and I think it's an important thing to plan. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also think there's great power in just saying yes in diving in, in trusting ourselves, our intuition and our gut, mm-hmm. and believing that we're, we're taking the right path. Um, and I think a lot of times, uh, and I'll, I know I'll speak from personal experience, I, I'll get caught and actually not make decisions just because I, I feel like I don't have enough information. Um, and that's so where freeze. I can, I'll literally freeze. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, we freestyle, right? So we do these like freestyle rhymes and raps and the paralysis analysis is everything. When you start questioning in your head and you and you get inside your mind and you're like, whoa, I don't want to look stupid and oh, I might say the wrong thing. Exactly. Blah, blah, blah. And I teach people that during Divine Rhyme, actually. This is a nice intro to Divine Rhyme, yep. uh, which is a workshop I teach to for people to express themselves from the heart through rhyme. Uh, basically letting them know that there's never ever a time to be frozen even when you're in that frozen space and you're going I'm an idiot I have nothing to say I'm getting judged people are thinking this and that those thoughts are still going through your head oh yeah and so then it's a question of how brave can you be Mm. in order to share that Mm. and to say those words so I think it's that's next level right I think it's a courage thing more than anything we're never really frozen we're just embarrassed to share that sometimes we may not be at full strength or we may not be fully confident and you know these sort of things and as we become more aware yeah all that's on point as we become more aware like we start to really see the connections right in in one area of life to another right i.e the divine rhyme thing that you did which i was present for people like literally were in their small groups like i've never rapped in my life i can't do this you know but then they had the support of like four people cheering them on right and they knocked it out of the fucking park yeah i just said fuck it's and, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you're allowed yeah thanks <laughs> that so you know um that's really cool because obviously it's it's a metaphor for what can happen in other areas of your life it's, it's a beautiful and, microcosm which we create which is this space that says you're allowed to fail. Right. And you're allowed and, to fail gloriously and everyone's yeah. going to cheer you on as you do. It's a beautiful thing. Right? Which yeah. normally it's if you fail you're messing up or you're Yeah, doing you feel like you're going to be judged, right? Like and that judged. and that holds people yeah. back, right? Yeah. But it really it it's uh It's free. It's so free. If I tell you that it's you, liberating. If yeah. I tell you that you can say anything you want and there's no right or wrong it's going to automatically free you to say what you actually want to say. 100%. As opposed to being caught up on the little nuances. Well, oh, what if I say it wrong and blah, blah, blah. And that's half the entire intention of Divine Rhyme is saying you can say whatever you want. 100%. And you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Which, as far as like being in this hustle paradigm and also this Zen place is actually, I think what we're creating a lot is this space in which there's business, right? Mm-hmm. There's talking numbers and there's mm-hmm. talking finance. And then there's also talking like, the interpersonal mm-hmm. part of life, which mm-hmm. a lot of times is a bit scary and people try and, and pull those apart. Like business has to be separate from your personal life. And I think what we're all experiencing and, and me personally as well is, is my worlds are, are completely collapsed into one. Mm. And the more fluid that I can be in my interpersonal life, the more fluid I get to be in business and they are all just intertwined. And so I think this, the whole separation of person and business is, is coming to a close really quickly and, mm. and the people who are more closely associated with their work and their passions are the ones who you see are, are 
it's not even who make that they, connection. They just love it. Yeah. Like they're the ones who are just soaring because it's such a natural I, way. Of I being. call it being in rhythm with life. It's in the rhythm of life. It's yeah. exactly what it is. It's in four, four time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just went off. And, um, you know, also I think will be interesting for listeners, right? You mentioned Harvard, right? So talk us about like, what was your degree in? Were you, so were you on a whole nother path? with your degree in Harvard and stuff like that? So I went originally to play football okay. uh, at Harvard. Um, I stopped after my freshman year and I played rugby and then played JV basketball. Um, and then I actually transferred to the University of Minnesota and I was a starting center for the Gophers. Where you're from? For a year in Minnesota yeah. where I grew up. And then I went back to Harvard and graduated. Uh, my degree was in psychology. Mm. I like to joke and say that I minored in psychedelics. Um, <laughs> But a lot of my focus has always been around human motivation, mm. um, why we're here, uh, how we connect, how we can best relate, how we can open up um, and be most creative mm -hmm. uh, in our experiences, human beings. Um, so psychology, it's an interesting thing because I think what psychology naturally does is tell you what's wrong with you. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever experienced, but the DSM is like 650 pages of how you're fucked up. Yes. Right. And there's like and they're up to version five. And, <laughs> and there's like 20 pages of like, here's what's right with you. And so I find it interesting. There's this entire section of science devoted to telling you what's wrong with you mm -hmm. as opposed to, I mean, it's a commentary on our society, but, uh, I do my best well, to focus on what's right. It's almost, it almost like parallels the news in a way because the news is like 90% negative shit, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, and it's like least. you got this book. It's like it's crazy. the mind is wired for this somehow. Um, yeah, like what if you went to you a know, psychologist and, yeah. and you sat down and you're like, here's my life. And the psychologist is like, well, I find the following things right with you. So <laughs> you're really strong in this aspect. Wow. Uh, you know, your positivity here is great. Um, wow. You were really courageous with your this resilience. Your resilience yeah, yeah, is amazing. Yeah, yeah, your yeah, love is yeah. outstanding. Wow. Like, imagine if we had this kind of continuous feedback as opposed yeah. to, I mean, it's, I think that you ever listen to Abraham Hicks? Yeah. Yeah. So Abraham Hicks, where you look is where you go. Mm. Right. So if well, where looking, energy flows, what is it? Where you Wait. Where you look is where energy flows. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah same where focus of, goes, energy flows. There it is. Where focus Thank goes, you. energy yeah, yeah, goes. Yeah, yeah. Divine what? Ron, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. So if we're focusing on what's messed up with us, yeah. we're going to continue that pattern and be like, here's what's messed up with us. Whereas if we shift and we're like, let's focus on what's right, yeah. then we're going to empower ourselves and do more of what's right. And it's pretty simple, actually. It's like, but why is it so common? But why, why the you know minority? It's like, you know, calling it simple. You know, if it was simple, wouldn't it be the majority? Or we're just wired a certain way, you know, I, or we're I think it's, society. I, I think what, from the know. top down perspective of, of society and control, it's much easier if you have a people who are continuously dependent upon you hmm. for drugs that are supposedly making them right. Yeah. Um, and also guidance for how to be. Yeah. When you have a people living in fear, people are easy to control. Mm -hmm. uh, when you have people who are living in You know in about fear. bread and circuses, right? Tell me about it. Bread and circuses, like the like the Roman Empire was like built on a bread and circuses. You can Wikipedia the shit. And it's like they gave people, you know, these shows and they fed them bread and they were able to sort of subdue them and control them and they just got them to sort of be sheep more or less. Yeah. And go along with everything. Yeah. You get people bread scared, you make yeah. them reliant, you, yeah. you feed them bread, make them feel like without them you can't survive and, yes. then, and then you tell them exactly what it is so you feed them with negative images oh my yeah. god terrorism so I, scary do you know what do you know what just to the point do you know what kills more than terrorism every year bees bees <laughs> kill more than terrorism every is year is this a fact this is a fact 
act. Look wow. that up. But people are terrified. Oh my God, I'll give up all my rights. First Amendment rights. Take them all. Just protect wow. me from the terrorists. Wow. And yet these little buzzing bees outside kill more people every single year. So like, what are we focusing on? That's right? shocking. And what yeah. are we fed and what do we believe? And, totally. Um, I just think it's important to, to question most things. No, totally. And I think it's a great, I mean, not we're, we're not a political show per se, but I think that the Trump... Right <laughs> it's okay. Be fearless, man. You got to be. Uh, the Trump phenomenon, you know, speaks to the heart, I think, of what you just said, right? It's playing yeah. on people's fears, you know? Sure. Like, like you know, start policing Muslim neighborhoods. Right. Just, everything is right. like... To you know, you know Trump's, the, like, Trump's the eccentric character, and he's an interesting person to talk about. And he's easy to get angry at, but I think what's more interesting is how many people agree with these just like far out views of his. 100%. Because what he's really doing is exposing the truth of half of America. Yes. Right? It's not... It's not Trump that we get to be mad at. We get to no. take a look at the people who are following him and go, why do all these people not want Muslims in our country? Why do all these people want to build a wall so Mexicans can't get in? Why do all these people scared of everyone except like white waspy Americans yeah. who they aren't even? And so it's it's this really interesting uh, experiment wait, almost. Wait, Joe. Providing it. 100%. And, you know, Joe the plumber, going back a couple elections ago, like, did you know that he wasn't even a plumber? He was unemployed. And he's like, Obama's going to take all my taxes. And people are like, you're not making any money. What are you talking about? It's it's honestly funny. And it's, I I personally love listening to Trump's rhetoric uh, because he's so simple. But in his simplicity, he's he's so powerful. He literally says three things over and over. Terrific. It's terrific. Um, we're going to win, which I'm not sure what we're winning. I'm not sure what battle we're in or who we're fighting, but yeah. we're going to win. And we're going to make America great again, which somehow includes uh, kicking out everyone but white people. Yeah. yeah. And I'm yeah, a white yeah. person, and, yeah. and, and I'm like, I don't want that. Like, I know. Well, that's that not what this... <laughs> that wouldn't make America great. That would make it really boring and bland. You know? I mean, our brand is like melting pot, right? He's like yeah. going against what our brand is. It would, yeah, you know? I mean, America's the land of the free, home of the brave. This is where people and opportunity are supposed to come from anywhere and yeah. have that. And exactly. he's trying to shut the doors and go, no. So and, and it'll, it'll be interesting what but, happens. And also, okay, like while we're on the subject, I don't want to go too long on this. Yeah, <laughs> so no, here we go. But like, but like, you know, what about the fact that he's he's like ripping like companies that take their business outside of this country yet all of his like ties and you know there's you know there's garments are manufactured outside of america and how yeah. are people not just calling this shit out for what it is well, so here's it's the other shocking. thing is, is i think that trump is a bit hypocritical on that in the same light um i saw a statistic the other day that said if all american corporations were to actually pay their taxes that we would be out of debt and could provide free healthcare and free education for every person in the country. Mm. Now, how accurate that is, it can be debated. Uh, it's somewhere in the trillions, the amount of money that American corporations are avoiding um, by overseas tax shelters. So as much as Trump is being a hypocrite, I'm glad that he's at least addressing the fact that there's a lot of money a lot of taxes that are being avoided by the biggest corporations in America. And I think including him, including him. And you know what? To his credit, he's calling bullshit <laughs> partially on himself. Right. And so, like, good for him. But he's never been wrong about anything. So, of course, he's not. <laughs> he's not like, it's yeah, everybody else. He, he's never <laughs> been wrong about anything. So it's interesting because he actually, like, the other day, he was, I heard him say some positive stuff about Bernie. 
Wow. And it, and it was just funny because he's so anti-establishment that he can mm. see, like the Republicans are all scared of him because he's so anti-establishment, he's going to tear it up. But he also sees that Bernie's also anti-establishment. Anti yeah. And he's like, Hillary's yeah. this one who's taking all these funds from the big corporations and yeah. the banks and yada, yada, yada. Uh, but he's like giving props to Bernie. Yeah. You know, in one of his big speeches. And I kind of look at it and I was like, they're kind of doing the same thing of like that the system sucks and they're both like, fighting it just like, from both ways. Like literally like uh, Trump is just the shadow version of Bernie. Do you know what I'm saying? He's like, the heard, like shadow. Yeah. yeah, he's the darker version. But they're both of exposing this want, right? That the the Trump supporters want to change and they want to look a certain way and And they're tired of politicians. You can call it racist or bigotry yeah. or whatever it is, but yeah. it's a, a part of the population. Yeah. And then there's the part of the population that supports Bernie that wants change. But like there's the majority I think what it comes down to is a majority of people want change. Right. You know what I'd love to see is a Bernie Trump uh, ticket. Yeah, that would be pretty nice. I love that because Trump would hit the corporations, Bernie would hit Wall Street. Yeah. You know, we'd get everyone on the side. Maybe Bernie it, could show all the Trump supporters that Jews aren't horrible people <laughs> and like, you know, we could make some peace. You know, as, as scary as it seems at times, keep you know, keeping up with some of the election shenanigans, <laughs> it seems like we're we're actually moving in a positive direction. You know? These are all I conversations that, right? that what I see the other day, it's like if any of the people who are running run it will be a first like hillary would be the first woman yeah. bernie would be the first jew uh cruz would be the first uh is lit is he latino well, he's la mexican mexican i think so right cruz is something cruz. Latino. latino i think he's latino but yeah, trump something. would be the first small handed man <laughs> trump would be the, the first i don't even know <laughs> but these discussions are being had right yeah it's craziness but this is like a brand new political spectrum of like what do people actually want and what are we going to vote in? So yeah. I think it is important to have a dialogue about it regardless. Absolutely. Talk to us about the what the transition times have been like for you. Was there any fear when you're transitioning from one thing to the other? Because um, there's like, you know, maybe some clarity issues, you know, in, in the between. I mean, if the, one of my favorite quotes that I've heard recently was when, door, when one door closes, another door opens. It's just the hallways that are a bitch. <laughs> so like, how does that, you know, how does that speak to you in um, transitions? Yeah. Transitions are, um, transitions are something that I like to believe that I'm, I'm very capable of and that I'm somewhat of a master of change. Uh, so there's no fear. I mean, it's not, that there's know. no fear, right? There is fear. What I, what I've become very adept at doing is handling the fear mm -hmm. and of turning that fear energy into motivation as opposed to having it being like a crippling thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually think that that's a, a really important distinction to make because the energy that comes up, say like of a butterfly when you're gonna perform, mm -hmm. you have two choices. You can either like hide from that energy and pretend it's not there and that's when anxiety comes up and you kind of shy away or you embrace it, you get excited with that mm -hmm. energy and then you put on a good performance, whatever it is. It's kind of, change is kind of like that, right? When, when it comes knocking, you either embrace it and you run with it mm -hmm. or you hide from it. So I like to think I'm, I'm pretty good at, um, at changing uh, and I change fairly often. And that's why, and not to go back in the political realm, but you know, I think we all get to be much more compassionate with each other um, in allowing ourselves to change mm -hmm. and to knowing that one day you could think something and the next day you could get some information that changes your mentality about it and you're allowed to change it. Mm -hmm. So in going from like an athlete to an artist, for example, um, my whole life when I would play basketball, I, I loved playing basketball, but it, it never felt free to me. 
I always felt like I was being controlled. I was in the system, and and I'm not one who's who's ever been much for rules. You're not a conformist. I'm yeah. not a conformist. Yeah. I don't I don't like being told what yep. to do. Yep. Uh, I got the authority or authoritarian issues. Right. Yeah. That's kind of what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like even if it's I, I have I have issues with it, and maybe too like the extreme and too much perhaps. Um, I just like questioning things, you know, and I and I like making up my own mind about it. Um, so in the shift, you know, especially from being like an athlete and being told what to do consistently, uh, shifting into being an artist, it's like, it's this 180 of like being told what to do in a system and then like defining yourself it's and expressively all you, right? creating yeah. and yeah. setting your own demands and time schedule. Uh, what a beautiful challenge and life shift it's been for me. And I'm totally still in process of it. Transitions come with, you know, some strife, right? I mean, some strife, not maybe strife is too hard of a word, but some lack of clarity sometimes, right? You're never like- It's uncomfortable. Uncomfortable, right? It yeah, so I wanna- Yeah, sometimes wanna, you're, you're doing something and your old self will be like, why are you doing that? You sure you should be doing that? And that little right. voice comes up and is like, right. you're, not, you're not an artist. Who do you think exactly. you are? Exactly. Who do you think you are to be doing this sort it's, of thing? Exactly. And like the key for me is like, you know, I think even talking like this, right? The fact that I have a little voice come up inside of my head. Yeah. Traditionally, people are like, you're hearing a voice in your head? That's crazy. Yeah. Right? But like, I think we all have different influences, mm -hmm. different thoughts that come in our head. And I think it's about time we start talking about them. Start being really real. That's with why this podcast exists. Yeah. It's like the, it's like the Catholic booth, man. That's yeah. that it's like, like real You're coming in. Yeah. Like, cause you know, most, a lot of podcasts, it's like, yeah, like, you know, I've sold 2 million books and like, there's not enough, I think, highlighting of like, plug, plug, plug. you know what I'm trying to say? It's like, let's, let's sort of like, a, you know, like, let's get this glimpse in real time of what these hustles and struggles and transitions look totally. like, you know? Totally. And also like, there's something to be said for, I don't know if you do any journaling. Uh, do you journal? Yeah. You do, right, right. So if you journal um, or you write a song, if you're going through that experience, like, if it's a breakup song or a love song or whatever, like you're so close to the emotions, right? That mm -hmm. I think that they're, it's almost more visceral for the people that are hearing them. Yeah. You know, well, that's the beauty of art. I think is that everyone so, gets to have their own interpretation yeah. of it. Yeah. Regardless of what the art is. But, but, it, but at the end of the day, like sometimes it re resonates a little bit deeper. You know, I, I think if you're, if you're the closer you are to the emotion, you know, like I could like, like when I was 17 or whatever, if I went through some like crazy shit when I was 17 and I talk about that now, mm. it's gonna, it's, you know what I mean? It's gonna have sort of like a watered down. Like and, while you're vibrating and going through it when you express in that. Yes, place, yes. It's you like, can't, you can't the word, the word is palpable. Like it's palpable yeah. when you're sort of going through it. it. Sure. You talk about something that happened to me six years ago. Yeah, it's just yeah, not gonna have the same effect. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not quite the it's same. It's not quite right. the same. Yeah. So it's like it's, you know. Anyways. Well, let's continue to create based off of these vibrations. Of yes, dude. Yeah. And like, yeah, let's keep this vibrating. No, totally, totally. Um, what about talk a little bit about techno te uh, technological overwhelm, technology overwhelm? Like, oh, man. do you deal with that? Like, you know, Snapchat, so, Facebook. Yeah. Just, so I'm not. I'm not really you know. overwhelmed. I'd say I'm more whelmed. <laughs> By things, it's not quite like an overload, just like a, a nice wellness happening. Um, I think that social media is um, a medium whelmed. In medium wellness. <laughs> like your wellness. I like your wellness. Medium medium. Uh, I, you know, I, I think it's a great platform for uh, sharing information and for sharing life. 
And I think uh, when social media first became, I think a lot of people jumped on it and started doing all these kind of like teeny boppy, like, oh, look at me, like, da, 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 sort yeah. of Mickey Mouse things. And now people are starting to like really sink into it and be like, okay, how can we really connect mm-hmm. through these things? How can we like have the human experience? And um, I love technology. I love where we're going. I love how we're integrating with it. I'm excited for us to eventually be cyborgs uh, to plug in. You know, I, I, I believe in the singularity. I believe that eventually uh, we're going to evolve with technology, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps in the next 20 to 25 years, depending on uh, which source you're looking at it, Ray Kurzweil, uh, what have you. Um, but it's exciting times. You know, we have technology at the press of a button. I have access to more information than any king of history, which it's incredible. is wild. Well said, about, well said. Right. And we all have that. We all have that. Every single person on planet Earth has that. So the general intelligence and just access to information is it's unbounded and it's unequal to what it's ever been. I think that's that, that's like the healthy side of it. But there also is. You know, there's two sides of every coin, right? And so there's also where sort of this no focus is where that's right, yeah. But, but we, but but nonetheless, you know, like like the Kardashians, love them or hate them, you know. I mean, there's like a little bit of the Kardashian culture and things like that. And I, I, I think that there, you know, there there could be a little bit of a of a dumbing down effect too. I don't I don't want to say that I don't want to say that that doesn't exist because it feels like. You know, um, what's that paradox? You know, we've never been more connected, but we've also never been more disconnected, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, 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 if you go out to any restaurant, it, tell me if you agree. Like, you look at the tables around you, whether it's a couple on a date or like, people are on their phones most of the time, are they not? Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's connected us and it's torn us apart in that, like, there's a lot... I, I don't think children are being taught the most crucial things in life which are communication mm-hmm. emotional intelligence uh and connection yeah connection yeah and and i think that and i don't want to make a grandiose kind of statement but you know you see the kids on their screens and they're continuously on it and there's games that teach and i think that's just a part of the evolution of education mm-hmm. um and you know there's also outdated information like christopher columbus being the hero of the world and like he just raped and pillaged a bunch of countries mm. and like I, I think with all the information we have now, what we have is an opportunity uh, to really teach truth and what happened and to teach uh, people how to connect, how to be emotionally intelligent and how to question things. Because the more information we have, the smarter we get. Mm-hmm. And I think we should uh, utilize that to make our children as intelligent as they can be and onward and onward. Technology is a tool and, and, and it's up to us how we use the tool. You could take a hammer and you could beat it against your head <laughs> and you could make the argument that you're not using that tool properly and that it's hurting you, right? It's exactly. the same thing with technology. If you are watching like mindless programming, you're literally knocking a hammer against your head. Yes. Whereas if you're using it to look up things and Wikipedia things, educate yourself, then you're going to build a really sturdy house. Absolutely. Talk to me about um, one of your biggest, you know, uh, career highs so far or one of like your biggest highs along the hustle journey. Um, I'm actually currently in it right now. Um, so for Beautify, um, I serve as the head of corporate relations and special projects. Mm-hmm. And right now we're doing a project with Zappos mm. uh, where we're doing 10 cities uh, based off the 10 core values of Zappos. Mm-hmm. And we're putting up 10 murals in the major locations where uh, they do most of their business. And Zappos is this company that 
they're literally revolutionizing the way people work. Uh, they have a, a workroom environment called holacracy where they don't have titles and there's no hierarchy within the actual structure. And so what I'm experiencing right now in doing this project is a whole new way of working. We talk about, you know, having hustle and having Zen in the same space mm -hmm. and they are this. They're, they're a, I think, multi-hundred million dollar corporation owned by Amazon and they play. Mm. Like at work, we got to visit them in Vegas. Do they have meditation rooms? They, I don't. I didn't see any specific <laughs> meditation rooms, but like they don't have like cubicles. They have like Nerf guns and fights and like art everywhere. Wow. And they are rejuvenating downtown Las Vegas, which you know Las Vegas is Sin City. It's one of the darkest places. The energy there is just totally like yeah, oh my god. And downtown yeah. Vegas is all of a sudden having these sprouts of light. Yeah, largely in part due to Zappos. So wow. One of the highlights of, of my career and coming to myself is, is working with them right now to create art uh, in these 10 cities and ultimately in a collaboration that I think we're going to have a gallery showing and some sort of nice thing with the Life is Beautiful festival. And, um, you know, for me, it, it's, it's just, it, I'm literally at that place in my life where anything is possible. Amazing. And there's these amazing organizations like Life is Beautiful. Look, there's an organization called Life, life is, is Beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. Right. And the organization I work for is called Beautify Earth. Amazing. Right. We're creating beauty. We're creating love and we're sharing that. And I, I just feel so aligned and so uh, lucky and so blessed. And it's uh, been a journey to get here. And it's been a total journey. I, yeah. I've sold stocks. I've done like sales jobs. I've been in cubicles. Curb stand almost. Curb stand <laughs> almost. Like I've been in it. I was a bar back at one point. Like yeah. I've been in places and I've done the service thing. And now to finally be aligned yeah. uh, with my vision for world peace and with so, love. It, it's And on that, that's beautiful, man. Yeah. That's beautiful. And on that note, so to put the exclamation point on it, you know, so what would you tell listeners to this podcast who are, you know, mid journey and Say they're like, you know, do I turn left? Or, you know, yeah, I'd um, it's a perfect segue for this. Yeah, <laughs> the best thing I think I could pass on uh, is a quote by Winston Churchill, and he says, If you're going through hell, keep going. Mm. And that's yes. all I would reiterate is keep going. Uh, you know, there's the other saying that uh, the night is darkest right before the dawn, I think that's from one of the Batman movies. But if you're in that dark place, and if you're losing hope and you don't think there's anything on the horizon, I just want to encourage you to keep going. Mm. Take that next step, no matter how hard it is, and the light will come to your life shortly. That's beautiful. You're a good host. <laughs> like, you get into it. We did, like, politics Dude, I, and life and love and business. And, like, it's rhythm, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so, now, tell everybody uh, your, your social media stuff. So you can check me on Instagram. I'm Divine Reminder. Um, I like just reminding people that we are all one. We are all divine creatures. We are all of source energy. Um, so check me out there. Uh, check me out at beautifyearth.org if you want to get involved in any of our projects. You want to paint some beautiful things around the world. Uh, please don't hesitate to get involved. Um, and other than that, I perform around town. Check me out at zachpucktel.com uh, and you can get more information there. And when's the next Divine Rhyme? Next Divine Rhyme will be in a couple weeks, most likely at the Love Dome in Venice. There you go, people. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Zach Pucktel. Thanks for the plugs. Love you all. Walking on a dream.